Today's reading is taken from Ruth chapter 2, found on page 211 of your pew Bibles. Now Naomi had a kinsman on her husband's side, a prominent rich man of the family of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the years of grain behind someone in whose sight I may find favor. She said to her, go my daughter. So she went. She came and gleaned in the field behind the reapers. As it happened, she came to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz came from Bethlehem. He said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. They answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, To whom does this young woman belong? The servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the Moabite who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the reapers. So she came, and she has been on her feet from early this morning until now, without resting even for a moment. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Keep your eyes on the field that is being reaped, and follow behind them. I have ordered the young men not to bother you. If you get thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Then she fell prostrate with her face to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me when I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told me, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. May the Lord reward you for your deeds, and may you have a full reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Then she said, May I continue to find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, even though I am not one of your servants. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some of this bread and dip your morsel in the sour wine. So she sat beside the reapers, and he heaped up for her some parched grain. She ate until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. When she got up to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, Let her glean even among the standing sheaves, and do not reproach her. You must also pull out some handfuls for her from the bundles, and leave them for her to glean, and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. She picked it up and came into the town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gleaned. 
Then she took out and gave her what was left over after she herself had been satisfied. Her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today and where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The name of the man with whom I work today is Boaz. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a relative of ours, one of our nearest kin. Then Ruth the Moabite said, He even said to me, Stay close by my servants until they have finished all my harvest. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is better, my daughter, that you go out with his young women. Otherwise, you might be bothered in another field. So she stayed close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest, and she lived with her mother-in-law. I'm an early morning person. I often get up early. I was up at 5 o'clock this morning, and it was pitch dark. And one of the things I like about the early morning is that uh, I, li I like the sense of the light coming gradually. You have a sense of just the, it peeking through the trees and then it gets lighter and lighter and there's a gradual change until you're in the full light of the day. And I like that time just before the sun begins to come up. You know that the dawn is about to break. Well, in this second chapter of Ruth, we are witness, witnessing the dawn or the gradual breaking in into Naomi's life of the light of God, of a change in her circumstances. At the end of that previous chapter, chapter one, she, de she declared that she was in despair. She said, don't call me Naomi, uh, which means pleasant. Call me Mara, which means bitter. And she blamed God. She said, the Lord has dealt harshly with me. And she said, the Lord has brought calamity on me. She sort of felt cursed by God. But things weren't as bad as Naomi thought. She had two things going for her. One was that she decided to go back to Bethlehem. She decided to go back to Yahweh. And the second thing was she had her daughter-in-law, Ruth, who loved her and had left behind the Moabite gods and the land of Chemosh and decided to come with her and to look after her. And we see that uh, the effect of that in this period during the, the, the wheat and the barley harvest where Ruth is able to glean food to support them both. They've come back and the famine is finished, so there's a, a good harvest in Bethlehem. Now, gleaning is not something we do much in the cities these days. It's going through a harvested field to gather whatever of the crop that was missed by the main harvesting team. In the law of Moses, this was the right of the poor, the, the widow, and, and the aliens, and in the, the, the foreigners in the land who didn't have their own land. So in Leviticus... It says in a few places that the owner of the land should even leave little bits of the harvest like the corners unharvested and make sure there was something there for the people who were landless. And it was forbidden to go over a harvest field or go over grapevine twice. You could harvest it once and then you had to leave it for others. It was a social justice system that continued um, in, in England until sort of just pre-modern times. Um, it was taken up across Europe as well. So Ruth and Naomi have come back in the springtime. The drought has broken. The famine's old, uh, over. And it seems that Naomi is actually too old to do the back-breaking work of gleaning. Uh, 
but Ruth can do it, so she goes out, and the others that are gleaning are young women as well. And I'd like to draw your attention to a few of the excellent qualities of Ruth that are apparent in this story. One is that she's very proactive. She takes initiative to care for Naomi. She's out doing what she needed to do to provide for her and for Naomi. And it seems that Boaz is aware of this because he says to her that he'd heard all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. It's been fully told to me and how you left your father and mother and your native land and come to a people that you did not know. So that it seems that although Naomi was too old to be going into the fields and gleaning, um, but Ruth was doing it. She was taking initiative to care for them both. Ruth is also strategic. So in verse 2 she says she'll glean in the fields of someone in whom she might find favour. Gleaning is just for getting food, but Ruth is aware that she needs to build relationships with people in order to be able to survive in Bethlehem. Another attractive attribute of Ruth is that she's hardworking. We see the harvesters say this. They say she came and she's been on her feet from early this morning until now without resting even for a moment. So she's gleaning from early morning until the evening. And then when the evening comes, she, she threshes the grain and takes it home. It's probably dark by then. Now, gleaning is really very hard back-breaking work. You're bending over all day long, picking up strands of wheat and barley from the ground. And so Ruth has been very hardworking to help them survive. Another good quality of Ruth is that she's humble. When she encounters Boaz and he's kind to her, she falls on her face and asks why could she have found such favor with Boaz. She doesn't take that greeting that he gives to her for granted. And when he takes steps to protect her, she says, why would he do this? Even though she's not one of his servants, she's very aware of the favor that she's receiving. And the fifth thing about Ruth is that she's someone who seeks the Lord. And it's very interesting because we really see this through Boaz's eyes. So he says to her in verse 12, May the Lord reward you for your deeds, and may you have a full reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Because at that time, every nation had their own gods, and to ally yourself with the nation was to seek your identity through the gods of that nation and Boaz understood that, that Ruth had chosen to follow Yahweh when she came with Naomi back to Bethlehem. So she was a woman of faith. And that's a really beautiful concept that the God is like this huge eagle or, and, uh, and that uh, Ruth has come and sought protection and, and safety under the wings of the Lord. And Boaz is very aware of that. And he finds that very appealing in her, that she's seeking refuge in God. So Ruth is someone really pretty special, and the story makes this clear to us, especially through the eyes of Boaz. Boaz actually sees her and who she is really clearly. And then there's Boaz himself. He's an older guy, at least he's probably older because he's a prominent rich man, and normally young youth are not really considered prominent rich men. <laughs> and he notices Ruth, and uh, you can see the hand of God at work in these events. Notice how Boaz appears on the scene at the field just as Ruth has come onto his land. Just then, it says in the Hebrew, it just, it just happened that Boaz was there. And of course, we're meant to know that God is at work here. And notice also Boaz's faith because he greets the reapers in the name of Yahweh. The Lord be with you, he says. And Boaz is also compassionate. He's aware of what other people might be risking or what they're feeling. He's aware that young women who are following after these young men doing the reaping are at risk. They're at risk of being molested by the men. 
and anyone could be out there in the harvest fields. And he sees that Ruth is in a position of risk. She's gleaning, but it's not safe. And so he takes steps to care for her. Um, he, he asks that she would just reap behind his team, and he explains to the team that they should treat her kindly and not cause any problems for her, and he sets up an environment for her that's safe. And even before he met her, he'd heard good things about her, he'd heard a good report, and he's keen to re return the kindness to her that she has shown to Naomi, that she has shown actually to the widow of Boaz's close relative, Elimelech. And so he even asked the harvesters to leave something extra for her, to pull little bits out of the bundles for her to pick up off the ground. And uh, so Ruth goes home then after that day with this whole pile of grain, and Naomi sees that, and she understands immediately that someone has shown kindness to Ruth. She has been favored. And what's really interesting, and I think it's the most moving moment in the story really, is that when Naomi realizes what's been happening, she praises Yahweh, and this is a big change for her. She says, blessed be he, she blesses Boaz by the Lord, by Yahweh, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. What does that mean, the living or the dead? Well, Naomi is grateful that Boaz is showing kindness to her dead husband, Elimelech, by caring for his widow and his, and, and his daughter-in-law. So Boaz is being kind to Elimelech, who's not able to care for his family anymore, and he's being kind to Naomi and Ruth. So it's a, it's a really beautiful story. But the thing that strikes me the most is verse 12, Boaz's insight that Ruth has sought protection under the wings of Yahweh. He's seeing Ruth's journey through God's eyes. If only all young men had such foresight when choosing a partner, that they could look at a young woman through the eyes of God and look for the attributes of faith and diligence and proactivity and, and, and willingness to care for others and faith, faith in God, someone who seeks the Lord. There's such precious attributes to have in a life partner. And Boaz's ref, uh, reference to the wings of Yahweh remind us that there's an act of refuge, of, of, sorry, of rescue and salvation taking place. God is intervening in the lives of Naomi and Ruth to rescue them. And this is actually like a parable of what God is doing over generations with Israel. It's Israel that needs to be rescued, actually, but he starts with two women. In his providence, he's fashioning a future for them that they can barely have anticipated, and also a future for the whole nation. Ruth falls down flat on her face before Boaz and says, why? Why this favor? And, you know, that's the question that we could all well ask, God, why have you shown favor to me? The word in Hebrew, chen, which means favor, is actually um, equivalent to the word charis or grace in the New Testament. So when people translated the Hebrew Old Testament into Greek, they used the word charis for this word favor. So when you read favor in the Old Testament, it's the same concept as grace in the New Testament. It's one of the problems in Bible translation. It splits the Old Testament and the New Testament instead of unifying it. So she's actually saying, why have you shown grace to me? This story is about grace. It's about unmerited favor that's being received. By, by Ruth. It's not something she's earned, although she's a great person. It's something beyond that. It's a kindness that Boaz is showing beyond that. And God is actually showing grace to all these people. He's showing grace to Naomi. He's showing grace to, to, you, to Ruth. He's showing grace to Boaz, this older unmarried man. 
And in the middle of this spiritual desert that's applying in Israel, the time of the judges, a very dark time, God is causing this little spring of grace to bubble up, bringing life to three people. And in time, this little rivulet of grace will turn into a mighty river because the great-grandson of Ruth and Boaz will be David, King David. Notice that this favor also is not something that Ruth just manipulated. She was aware of the implication of going out in the fields, but when she came with Naomi, it wasn't to ingratiate herself with some wealthy husband. She said that she was willing to die in the place that Naomi would be buried without any thought for herself. It is really amazing grace that God is showing to Ruth and indeed to Boaz as well, who's older and unmarried. God is showing kindness to him by providing a godly wife to him from a completely unexpected context and background. And also the hand of God is apparent to Naomi through these events. It's God who has stopped the famine back in Bethlehem. It's God who provided Ruth for Naomi and bound her to her in love. It's God who preserved Boaz for Ruth. It's God who caused Boaz to just happen to be in the field at the right time when Ruth was gleaning. God was kind to Ruth as she was taking refuge under his wings. And a whole heap of blessing poured out on other people all around Ruth because of that. So here's my invitation for us. Let us be willing, like Ruth, to seek shelter under the wings of the living God. Let us be willing in humility and diligence to seek his face, especially in times of hardship and want and great need and disappointment. Let us be ready and open to discern his grace at work, breaking the mold of our own disappointments and our own losses. Let us be open to the unmerited favor the grace of God. God is still the same today, yesterday, and today, and, and yesterday, and forever. He's still a God of grace. He reaches out to us in our difficult times, our lonely times, our broken times, and He extends these, these, these seeds of grace that grow into a beautiful harvest for us. The dawn begins in the grace of God, and the full light of day comes. I'd like to just pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for this example of Ruth. We have two blessings of Ruth here today, Ruth Hodges and Ruth from the Bible. Lord, thank you for a double blessing. And uh, thank you for this, the incredible good that flows out of the life of this young woman, for her faithfulness to you, her discernment that you are the true God, her love for her mother-in-law, the dignified and um, godly way of integrity, the diligent way that she goes about living her life, and for the example of how you broke through into her situation to vindicate her and to bring such fruitfulness beyond what she could have ever hoped or imagined. Lord, I pray that you'd give us that kind of character too, uh, to be sold out to you, to seek shelter under your wings and to be able to discern when the grace of God begins to flow in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.